0: Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves News. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 72. and I am Davram, and I hope you're all doing well. I'm uh, gearing up to be at Origins Gaming Fair in Columbus, Ohio uh, uh, next week. Uh, So if you are attending, that's the second or third largest board game convention uh, in the United States. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously there to support Extra Life and the charity that uh, that I support. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll have a lot of fun there, raise a lot of money for the kiddos in the hospital, and, uh, and finally, maybe after that, get a little bit of rest, um, finishing up the rest of June going into July before we uh, get on that jet plane uh, and head over to England for Sea of Thieves Fest, which I am extremely extremely excited for not only to be going back to england uh after many many years of of not being there uh but also uh just to meet uh everyone who's going to be there it should be an absolutely fantastic time uh i know several folks who listen to this show are going to be there um so it's going to be great to to meet folks that normally i wouldn't be able to meet because uh you know there's a giant ocean between us so uh, there you go. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to, to getting through these two cons and then maybe eventually uh, having a little bit more rest time in my day, in my life, and uh, uh, before I, I finish up uh, the year with two additional conventions, one uh, uh, 24-hour gaming uh, convention for Extra Life, and then also uh, an anime convention in uh, back in Columbus, Ohio. So hopefully, hopefully I'm... I love doing all these events and I love meeting all the folks, but I'll tell you what, after how this year has went so far with my normal schedule and working out and trying to keep up on content and my job and man, I am exhausted. I am, I am running on less than fumes at this point right now, right? (laughs) Less than fumes. So, Sea of Thieves, we've got some stuff going on right now that is time limited. Obviously, the adventure is still going on for a uh, a little bit more, uh, but there are two limited time cosmetics that you can pick up right now. Uh, so, one of them. Um, is a set of scars and it's actually the scars from the season six trailer that myself and several other people thought were really cool scars. They were not the scars that you got in the plunder pass. Uh, these are actually uh, the scars from the trailer and you can get them by just logging into Sea of Thieves uh, and playing uh, between June the 2nd and June the 6th. Uh, June the 6th, 9 a.m. UTC is the time that the deal ends. So this is to celebrate... Um, I believe it's two years now on Steam. Is that what it was? Two years on Steam yet? I think two years on Steam. That is what the celebration is. So you get a, a nice set of scars just by logging in and playing any amount of time uh, between June 2nd and June 6th. And again, it ends June 6th 9 a.m. UTC. So really, it's June 2nd uh, to June 5th if you're if you're in the United States. Make sure you get in there and get your free scars. They look really cool. Uh, and they're designed really, really well. Uh, the other item that you can get and this, this kind of goes along with what they're doing with the mystery and, and the transmedia that I talked about last, uh, episode. So if you're interested in what that definition is and how gaming companies are utilizing it and have been for quite some time, go back to episode 71. I go into that, uh, quite extensively, but, um, if you go to sea of and log into your account and then uh, go to your account and social, uh, accounts or social links, whatever it may be. This is the same place you link your Twitch account. Uh, you could also link your discord account and you can link your Twitter account. Now, some people don't have Twitter and that's absolutely fine. It's pretty simple to make a Twitter nowadays. Uh, so if you want these cosmetics, uh, you, you might want to, you might want to do that. Um, but it's very clear that Sea of Thieves is really trying to, to push multi-platform content, right? And that concept of transmedia that I talked about um, last week. And what this basically is, is you're going to uh, link your Twitter account on the Sea of Thieves website. You have to do this first. And then you have to make a tweet using the selected hashtags. And I believe the hashtags are hashtag save golden sands. Or hashtag ruin golden sands. And you have to use those very specific hashtags in your tweet. uh, And you will receive a set of sails. The sails are very much like the sails that you get in the adventure. uh, For helping golden sands. Um, They look very much like that. Same kind of color palette. They're just the the design is a little bit different. The ship looks a little bit different on the sails. But they're very reminiscent and in that same style. So again, you have to have a Twitter account. If you don't have one, make one. Uh, If you want to do this, you don't ever have to use Twitter if you don't want to, but um, you need to go to your uh, seaathieves.com, go to your account, um, click on the social accounts or social links, and link up your Twitter account, and then make one tweet using the hashtag SaveGoldenSands or hashtag RuinGoldenSands, and you will be able to get Your cosmetics. Now, the reason why I say make a Twitter account if you haven't got one, just if you want to follow Sea of Thieves things, um, because it's very apparent to me that Sea of Thieves is really pushing the social media, the three main platforms being. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, they're really pushing that, right? They're releasing posts and pictures and and things on all of these different platforms, uh, to drive engagement, uh, right. Companies, marketing teams and, and, and companies have departments that are dedicated to pushing out content on different social media platforms to build up hype, uh, to do giveaways, uh, to, you know, get information out, whatever the case may be, um, there's whole social media departments responsible for this stuff. Uh, and and engagement is one of their main, uh, metrics of success. Right, uh, the more people engaging with your post, uh, the more chances you, you know um, you might get people into the game, or you might be able to, to get someone to click a link, uh, which drives clicks to your website, and it just you know again it's 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 metrics uh, for for business nowadays, right? And it's it's very clear that Sea of Thieves is really on top of this. Um, I, I think they're a little late to the game, to be honest. They've always had a good presence on social media, but now uh, they're really pushing it like really pushing it hard. Uh, and I say that just because in the mystery, uh, we've had to retweet and like, um, and comment, um, in order to get different clues. Um, and with the uh, most recent clue that was released, uh, it appears that there's something that has to do with social media. Um, and, uh, 3,000. So, 3,000 probably engagement, something like that. Comments, retweets, likes, something along the lines of that. Um, but the markings on the music box are 3,000 in Roman numerals, and there is a cloud shape. And if you look at the most recent clue, the, um, the, the, I guess what they showed were different events. Right, Fort of, uh, uh, of Fortune, regular Fort, Skelly Fleet, uh, you know, different clouds. <coughs> now, when I think of clouds and the fact that they're posting it on Twitter and a lot of stuff they've been posting on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, to me, that means we need to reach 3,000 of something cloud based in order to get the next clue. Now, is that 3,000 forts killed? 3,000 skeletons killed? I don't think it has to do anything with inside the game this time. (coughs) I think the music box clue was inside the game. Now, we're talking about the cloud as in the internet. Um, So, I think uh, where they're going with this is 3,000 of some mysterious, we don't know, engagement on their social platforms. Maybe they're looking for likes, comments, retweets, reposts, whatever it may be. Um, I think that's, what's going to unlock the next clue for folks to, to follow. I may be wrong. Um, but I think that's the general consensus from, from other p- folks who are much more into the mystery of, of, of me. And I think it makes sense. Um, especially, you know, they're, they're talking about, uh, the linking of the Twitter account. Maybe it's 3000 people who linked their Twitter account? Well, I, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know if if that's maybe what it is as well. Uh, who knows? Um, but it has to probably do something with the the social media platforms, pictures, linking the account, whatever the case may be. But uh, but but <coughs> if you are annoyed by Sea of Thieves putting out content on social media platforms, um, if you feel it's unfair that you have to create a qu- Twitter account to make these to get these sales. Um, via the hashtag, if you don't like the engagement stats that they're looking for on these mysteries, look, look, I I don't know what to tell you. I understand that if you're an anti-social media person, I am very, I am very limited when it comes to social media. I follow Twitter. I post kind of often, um, sometimes about gaming, sometimes about personal life. Um, Instagram I'll post every so often, you know, I, I'm not in-depth Facebook. I don't touch at all except for messenger, um, because I've got some, some military, uh, 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 friends and family who are deployed and that's the easiest way to keep in contact with them. Um, so, so though I, I think social media is, is cool. Um, it's, it's not something that I'm kind of big on anymore, even though I know it's huge. Um, you know, people will tell you all the time. That's how you grow your stream and, and content stuff. Look, I've been doing content for five years. Social media has very, very little to do with your growth on, on, on these kind of platforms. So whatever. So social media, um, is, is obviously very important in business. Um, and it's shows very important to, to rare at this time. So if you're annoyed by this. I'm sorry, it's not going to go away. It's probably going to get much more worse uh, for you um, being an anti-social media person. If you like social media, if you're all over social media, uh, if you like posting, retweeting, using hashtags, posting pictures, game content, whatever the case may be, you know, this is right up your alley. It just falls in line with your normal stuff. But if you're someone like me who likes to limit their time in front of a mobile device or a screen screen. Uh, because you're already in front of a screen a lot with work and and other things you're doing, uh, it it's it's just an added thing, right? I right. will get my sales because I'll, I'll post something with the hashtag when I go live one of these times on a stream and I'll get my sales. It it is what it is. I'll get them. But um, but but yeah, if if you're frustrated with this, don't, just get over it because it's not going to go anywhere. They're going to continue to use us uh, uh, social media uh, quite a bit. Also in the news, if you haven't opened and looked, the season has been extended. So last week, I don't remember how low the season was. I think it was down to three weeks left. So that would put us at the end of June. Five weeks have been added to the season. So it went from three weeks up to eight weeks. So um, we're looking at July uh, end of July before we get the next season. So why did they do that? Well, they didn't really publicly announce it. Um, when they did it, I was actually informed by, uh, by captain Logan via discord. Um, he's like, Hey, did you see this? I'm like, no, I didn't see it. What's it all about? And we kind of dug around and it was posted, um, on the sea of thieves, discord, the official, uh, sea of thieves, discord. It was posted in, um, And, uh, it's, but I don't think they really posted it anywhere else. There was obviously nothing, um, um, put inside of the game, uh, to tell you anything like that. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, there's a couple ideas that I, I, I have, um, I, I have for this. Um, and one of those ideas is it's not ready, right? Season seven is going to be the, let's be honest, it's the one year after Pirate's Life. Pirate's Life was released last year um, in the summertime. This is one year later. We're celebrating two years on Steam. So two years ago, Sea of Thieves went to Steam. On top of that, we had Pirate's Life last year. So I anticipate something big this year. I anticipate something big this year. I don't know what it is, but I also think part of it is also, it's not ready. Whatever it is, it's, it's not ready. And the other thing we have to keep in mind is this little thing called E3 and the Microsoft Showcase coming up, which happens... In that leeway, in that that period of time between now and the end of the season, Sea of Thieves is obviously a Microsoft studio, or Rare is a Microsoft studio. It's very clear that um, Sea of Thieves is is one of the big uh, uh, brands that Microsoft likes to promote in um, all their showcases. You always see in the Microsoft logos and splash screens, you always see a Sea of Thieves character there. So it's clearly a game they want to promote. So we know that Sea of Thieves is going to be at the showcase and they're going to drop something. Is it going to be huge? Don't know. Is it going to be just, hey, season seven's coming, this is what we have? Maybe. Maybe it's going to be something large, but here's what we have to keep in mind. Two years ago with Steam, last year was a pirate's life. Lots of players came to Sea of Thieves. And there was a lot of work to make sure that player experience was good to retain those players, right? It's great to have an influx of players, but the key is, can you hold on to a certain percentage of those players that then become reoccurring players, which means reoccurring potential higher shares or or higher bits of the Xbox game pass subscription, which means a chance that more players will buy from the pirate emporium, right? Reoccurring players are your bread and butter. The players that keep coming back, coming back, spending money, buying the plunder pass, paying in the emporium, you know, paying for game pass, whatever the case may be, having those reoccurring players is very important for Sea of Thieves and for any game that's a live service, especially a game like Sea of Thieves that doesn't have a monthly subscription, like, say, a World of Warcraft or a Final Fantasy XIV. Sea of Thieves servers are not in a good place right now. A lot of rubber banding, a lot of weird things going on. Um, I had reports the other day, and I, I saw it in a stream, that one of the players on this ship was in a thunderstorm. The other player was not same ship at an Island. One player had a thunderstorm above them above the Island. The other player did not. That's weird. That's something goofy. That's something we haven't seen before. A lot of rubber banding, a lot of getting disconnected from servers. Hit registration is still obviously a major concern. Server stability, how many players are on a server, still a major concern. Food registration, where you eat the food, but you don't gain health. Bucket registration, when you bucket the water, it doesn't actually bucket. There are a lot of things of critical nature inside the game right now that if new players, a large influx of new or returning players come into the game because of a big hype announcement from a large Microsoft showcase or convention, those players may see the state of the servers and be like, "Uh, there's a reason I stopped playing. And the goal of Rare and the goal of the Sea of Thieves team is to try to retain those players and make sure those players come back, which means trying to get some stability in the game. So, do I anticipate them making a decent size announcement? Yes, I do. I, I think they will. Um, I've been talking to some people, and I, and I know a lot of folks have given very positive feedback, including myself, on the style of uh, voyage that the Veil vale of the Ancients has given us, right? Or the Legend of the Veil vale voyage, sorry. The Legend of the Veil vale voyage. It's it's fun. It's different. It's modulated. It's a really good update to a very stale voyage system and the Athena fortune emissary and faction needed it the most. They had been gone the longest time without some sort of refresh. This is a great refresh for them. Now it's time. Now that they can see the positive feedback from everyone on this particular voyage, now it's time to revamp all the voyages. And based on the um, the roadmap of development for this year, it seems like season seven may be that time where you start to see some of those things that we got out of the Legend of the Veil vale moved into Gold Hoarder and Order of Souls and Merchant Alliance, where we see these changing voyages where it's just not go to that island, kill some skeletons, go to that island, bring me a pig, go to that shipwreck, bring me the manifest, go to this island, dig me some chests, right? Something that changes it up a little bit. And I think that may be something really cool that they should be working on, if not already doing, and might be the announcement we get. I don't know. Maybe it's a partnership that they've been working on, like the Disney partnership. Maybe it's the next iteration of a pirate's life where we're seeing Jack Sparrow come back. Who knows? There's a lot of different things that they could announce. They they always surprise us in some way, shape, or form every single year, in my opinion. Is this going to be our big surprise for the year? Or is it just we're showing off season seven and what we've done with season seven? They'll still get a spike of new players, especially on the Microsoft conference. They will get a a spike of new players. Absolutely. But then they have to make sure their game is in a state that will maintain a percentage of those players. So I think it's a little bit of, of column a and a little bit of column B is, is season seven ready. I don't think it is. I don't think it would have been ready in a good, solid, stable state by, by the end of June when it should have released. I think they needed that extra time and maybe they gave themselves a little bit extra time knowing that they had to make an announcement at the, uh, Microsoft, uh, showcase, and they're going to announce something, anticipate a a big influx of players in, and they want to be prepared for it. I personally am a huge fan of companies who will delay the releases of updates and even releases of games if they know it's not ready. Because the worst thing in the world is to release something, to announce the release of it, and then drive players away before they even get into it because of major issues. Rare has done it in the past at Sea of Thieves. Many companies have fallen into that where they set themselves a timeline, and that timeline comes and passes and they push out the content and it wasn't ready. Many games have have fallen into that, not just Rare and Sea of Thieves. Many games have fallen into that. So I have no issue with companies pushing releases. I know for the gamers, I know for us, the gamers, there are many times where we're like, Ugh, would you stop pushing this? It's been two years. It's been three years. Would you just release it already? But then if they went ahead and released it and it wasn't ready, guess what? Now everyone's complaining. Well, this game's crap. This game's buggy as hell. This game's awful, right? You would rather want the players to have to wait and be mad that they have to wait and then have an awesome game. than push something out that's not ready and have a bad experience. So I think it's a little bit of both. I I, I think we're going to get a really nice, cool update um, in, in, uh, at the end of July. Um, and I think it's going to be f- relatively solid. Um, I think it's going to introduce some new stuff for us, obviously uh, probably more stuff than a normal season would. Uh, and, and, and I think it's going to be relatively, relatively stable. It won't be perfect. Hit Reg is not going to be fixed, and serviceability is not going to be fixed until they really think about pushing some of those ground-up changes of their code, right? As long as you're still programming for the Xbox One, you're going to have to do a major revamp from the bottom up. And until that's in there, it won't be stable, but more stable is better than it is right now. So I'm not sure of how many of you noticed the push of the season, but if you're anticipating the end of the season come end of June, you're going to be sad because it doesn't happen now until the end of July based on the number of weeks that they added to it. And I'm sure that the seas are going to be quite dead going into July and mid July before that update, because most people have the season pass done at that point. Most people have everything done that they want to accomplish and they're off playing other games or they're out at the swimming pool or, or they're out tanning or going for a run or enjoying the summer. Whatever the case may be, people aren't going to be sitting there playing Sea of Thieves when there's nothing new uh, to play. So if you are a player who enjoys PvP and you enjoy player interaction, as many of us do who play Sea of Thieves, in my opinion, it's the only reason to play Sea of Thieves. The story is great, but having that interesting and unique player interaction at any moment. In my opinion, is the best part. And just be prepared. Just prepare yourself now. The seas are going to get sparse. They're going to feel even more dead than they do right now going into July and until we get the new update. Because this update will, this season will have gone on for much longer um, than it was meant to, Uh, which means players who didn't burn through it really quickly. Um, they've definitely completed it by now. So uh, it's, it's going to thin out some more. So, but just hold fast, hang on, grab a rope, find some s- accommodations that you need to get done and go out and have the opportunity now to do them without people coming around. And you have to fight all the time. I know fighting's fun. I know naval's fun. I know shooting each other with guns and slashing with swords is fun. But sometimes when you got to hammer out some accommodations for delivering pigs and snakes and all that stuff, sometimes fighting gets annoying when you're trying to protect that livestock. So get out there, use this time where the seas are probably going to be slightly more dead, and get some of that stuff done. This is your opportunity to knock out those long-standing accommodations that you haven't got done yet. So, adventure number four, The Lost Sands. I had the opportunity to play it. I had the opportunity to play it on stream. You can go check out twitch.tv slash if you would like to see that VOD. I was joined by Jack Bull, who is a loyal listener of this podcast. And uh, we played through the adventure. And I'll talk about it in just one second. But first... If you would like to help finance this show, obviously this show is 100% free to you on YouTube and all the podcasting apps. But if you want to go the extra mile and help finance this show and get some fun swag potential out of it, you can always go over and check out patreon.com slash DavramTV. And I have a variety of different subscription tiers starting very cheap. I think as low as a dollar. And going up to like 25 bucks a month, many tiers in between, and you get different perks for which tier you sign up, including merch, including handwritten holiday cards to you, including the ability to play on stream with me on occasion, and much, much more. You can check that out again, patreon.com slash DavramTV. If you would like to check out any of the tiers and... You get access to your own RSS feed and get Pirate Talk Radio between one and three days before the general public. So if you really want to listen to me and my rants well before anyone else, go over there and sign up for one of the tiers. So Adventure 4. I have mixed emotions and mixed feelings about Adventure 4. They're mixed. They're like a bakery. It's got some butter in there, flour, some sugar. There's some lemon juice. It's just a big bowl of mixture. I like some things. I don't like some things. The one thing that I will say that I can't disagree with it was built good. It was built good. There's, none, there's There's no time gating. There's no requirement of more than one crew. There's nothing that will stop you from completing this adventure. Except you. Not doing it. So in that regards... It's probably one of the best adventures we've had because there's nothing in the game that's blocking you from taking part in the adventure. We've had that time and time again with some of these adventures, RNG here, RNG there, and just things that really just kill the player experience. This one doesn't have that. Is it perfect? No, far from it, but I think it's probably the best adventure we had. Though the toxicity that I predicted in the last episode was very much there and is very much continuing to this day, people saying very nasty things in the game and online about the the either the Merrick side or the Reaper side and people taking this very very much to heart into to, to like like life or death situation look it's a game and it's the first time ever that Sea of Thieves has given us the player the opportunity to dictate the future of our game they didn't have to do that they could have spoon-fed it to us They could have shoved it down our throats. This is how the game is going. This is what is going to happen. But instead, they're allowing us, the player, to take actions which will impact the game for everyone. And I think that is some awesome and cool power to have as a player. I think that is sick. I think that is awesome. So that on that side, I enjoyed this because I felt like my actions were meaningful. Me blowing up a rowboat at Golden Sands was meaningful. By the way, a side note, those rowboats are freaking sick. I don't know how many PVP battles I've been in that I've used that robo and just nuked the hell out of someone. <coughs> I had this, this, um, this ship that was just chock full of loot. And, uh, we docked the rowboat to them, set the rowboat on fire after I had already chucked a fire bomb on deck, which ignited a mega keg. And then after the mega keg went off, killed both players, the big boom in the back went off on the rowboat and just Insta sunk their ship. These rowboats are so cool. So cool. I love them. And I hope they don't go away after this adventure is over. I don't think they need to be as plentiful out there, but I really hope they don't go away because they add a whole new level of fun to rowboat plays. So, I've heard a lot of people um, with this adventure say that it's unfair. And they say that it's unfair because they wanted the objectives of both sides to be the same. To me, that would be lame. That would be boring. And I can tell you this if they made the objectives on both sides the same, the Reapers would be kicking the ever living shit out of the Merrick team. Because already, on this day of this recording, the Merrick team has never been ahead. Not once. The Reaper team has always been in the lead. Every post that Sea of Thieves has made, it's either been a stalemate or the Reapers are winning. Merricks have never been in the lead that I've seen them post. If you made it so that on top of exploding the, um, the rowboats, at Golden Sands, if you made it that Reapers could purchase bananas crates and wood crates and and all that fun stuff and deliver them to Reapers hideout. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It would be unfair. The Reapers would dominate this. Maybe they wanted another option where you blow up the rowboat somewhere out in the nether and it it hurts the Reapers. Well, here's the thing. That would be unfair on going on the Merrick side because these rowboats are literally everywhere. They are everywhere. And people set these rowboats off in PvP situations out in the water at different islands. So people who are being Reapers, who are being Pirate hunters would be punished for using the rowboat because if they exploded it outside of Golden Sands, it would count against them. And yeah, I know for the first couple of days of this, you know, based on the fact that blowing up a stolen rowboat is part of the adventure, that it helped Merrick. And Rare quickly told everyone that it didn't. Because again, those rowboats are everywhere. You could set those rowboats off at every single island-o-moats right now. And that would just be unfair going that way. You can already buy the supply crates you need for Merrick and go deliver it. You already have a pretty simple... Leave Golden Sands, go to Sanctuary, buy shit, go back to Golden Sands, sell shit, go down to Plunder, buy shit, go up to Golden Sands, sell shit on top of finding whatever things you find out there, wood crates, banana crates, everything else and sell it to Merrick, right? You already have that giving you the ability to buy to, to, to explode rowboats all the time everywhere would just make it unfair the other way. I think they picked the objectives well. Um, The only thing that I would add to the objectives is I think there could have been something more reaping about it, right? I think they could have had an item on Golden Sands. So you complete the Reaper um, side by getting the relic and bringing it back to the Servant of Flame at a Reaper's hideout after you've rowed your rowboat to different islands, which by the way, I had to science out. Yes, I know the piece of paper says row, but I'm like, there's no way the game can check to make sure I'm rowing. Oh, it can check to make sure I'm rowing. It knows if I entered the island area on my ship. And if you enter the island uh, where the banner drops down on your ship, your little uh, Reaper messenger is not going to show up. So what I found out you could do is you just sail your ship up to the line of which the uh, island banner is going to drop. Then you get in your rowboat, drop your rowboat, and row the rest of the way in, and the person shows up. Now, you have to have your rowboat close to where they're going to show up. If you have your rowboat on one side of the island and, like, at uh, I think it was Cannon Cove, if you have your rowboat on one side of the island and he's on the other, he's not going to show up. You have to have the rowboat within kind of – close proximity, if not line of sight from where he is, uh, in order for the messenger to show up. But you can get your relic and go back to Reaper's hideout and turn it in. But I think they could have made it a little bit more Reaper-like and had things like turning in grade five flags counting and things like, um, going to golden sands and stealing something from golden sands and taking it back. Right. Because then it sets up opportunities for PVP around Golden Sands. They already have cannon emplacements at Golden Sands. I've seen some awesome community videos of people defending Golden Sands by utilizing the cannons on the, the beachhead and shooting approaching Reaper ships who are trying to blow up their uh, Kegro boats. I've seen the videos. It's epic. If they would have encouraged that a little bit more by saying, hey, Reapers need to to go to Golden Sands and they need to steal something and return it to to the, the Servant of Flame, I think that would have been cool. The other thing I think they should have done, and this, again, would give advantage to Merrick's side 100%, in order to... But... The Reapers in general, Reapers in general, at least most PvP players, Reapers are the way we go because we can make the most money out of the loot we steal. I think in order to get credit for anything for this adventure, you should have had to have an emissary flag up and leveled to grade five. So to turn into Merrick, you would have to have a merchant flag, gold hoarder flag, order of souls flag, or Athena's fortune. No, no. Mark those out. You would have to have the Athena's flag that limits it to pirate legends. No. Okay. Any of the trading companies from an outpost, you have to have grade five in order to turn into Merrick. Right? So you can't just go out as a Reaper, get a grade five Reaper, steal a whole bunch of stuff, go turn into Merrick. No, you have to have one of the grade five flags on your boat to turn into Merrick. You have to be close to the ship or close to the thing, just like any, and turn it in. You have to be close to the Island, close to where Merrick is with your ship. It has to be stopped. It can't be, you know, just like putting your flag up and down. Like it has to be stopped and all that stuff. I know putting your flag up and down, your boat can just be moving real slow or whatever nearby. But I I really think to change the flag and all that stuff, it should be stopped. But that's another story for a different day any of the trading companies from the outpost grade five flag. Then you turn the stuff in. Then you get credit for your side on the flip side. Reapers would need a grade five Reaper flag, steal the thing from golden sands. Let's say it's a relic. Let's say it's, you know, uh, something from their supply crate, whatever it may be. And you turn it in at the Reapers hideout and you get your credit there. Blowing up rowboats. Absolutely fine. Turning in other grade five flags, not grade one, not grade two, not grade three, grade five flags only also count. I think they could have done something a little bit more interesting to really put conflict around golden sands to make it feel more like a war. I've seen great videos, as I said, out there of people already doing this already defending or attacking golden sands and battling other people around the island or on the island. I think they could have made this very interesting, a little bit more interesting than it is right now. But I think it would have been cool that in order to turn this stuff in, you had to have a grade five flag, either the trading companies for Merrick or grade five Reaper flag. It would just make the player interactions more interesting. And it would make it feel like a war, not, you know, the freaking, Cargo runs, right? Next thing that I think is interesting and weird. Everything they've talked about is choose your side. Which side will you be on? Save Golden Sands. Ruin Golden Sands. Burn it to the ground. Help Merrick. Everything has been about choose your side. Yet, when you actually get into this adventure, you realize if you want to get all the rewards, you have to play both sides. And yeah, that's very piratey. But when all the media and all of the hype is choose your side, fight for your side, fight for the Reapers, fight for Merrick, whatever the case may be. It's all about choosing your side. And then you get to the adventure and you're like, oh, I have to do both sides. So why? I just canceled myself out. No wonder every single time they post something up, it's a stalemate. Why? I just did the Reaper one to get the Reaper lantern. And I just did the Merrick one to get the sales. I'm done. I'm moving on. Now, some people are going above and beyond. Some people are taking the war very seriously. Like, you know. Rare wants you to, but the majority of players who are doing this adventure are seeing that I need to do both sides in order to get my, my credit. They do the Reaper, they do Merrick or they do Merrick. Then they do the Reaper and then they're done. They got all their rewards. They walk away and they don't worry about anything else anymore. They got their cosmetics. So it was really interesting to me that everything they put out about this was, choose your side. But at the end of the day, you had to play both sides. And I thought that was weird. I think what they should have done is you pick your side and you get both cosmetics for completing your side. Yeah. It's less deeds to do. Absolutely. But if you add in there, get to grade five before you turn the stuff in, that adds kind of a challenging, um, line item to the deeds, add grade five in there. That makes it challenging. Then you complete all your deeds and you get both rewards and you get both the, the sales, you get the lantern and you get the title. And then you've picked a side. You're not wishy washy on it. You're not playing both sides. You pick a side. You actually put a stake in the ground and saying, I'm with Merrick. I'm with the servants of flame. You're not playing both sides. I think this entire thing about being a stalemate so much is because there's the majority of players are just doing both sides once in order to get their um, their cosmetics, and then they're done. They're not playing it like a war. Some people are, but I would say the majority of players are not. And I think... Um, I think most of the the messages and most of the status updates on this has been a stalemate. I'm logging in right now to seaofthieves.com and checking the adventure. Let's see. The forces of ruin and reconstruction are at a stalemate. Jump into our latest adventure and help determine the fate of golden sands. Well, if I jump into your latest adventure to help the fate of golden sands, I've got to play both sides, which means guess what? It doesn't tilt one side or another. I think this was a bad design choice on Rare's part. If they really wanted this to sway one way or another, they should have made the adventure, you pick your side, you stick with your side, and that's what you do. You don't have to play both sides to get all the rewards. You do your side. You get both rewards. Don't make it that if you pick Merrick side, you're stuck with Merrick and you only get the sales. Don't make it that if you go with the Reaper side, you're stuck with Reapers and you only get the lantern. Make it so both of the cosmetics are available for your side. You only have to complete your side's worth of deeds and then throw in there the grade five thing that I mentioned earlier to really encourage the battle, to really encourage the PvP, to really encourage player interaction, to really encourage the defense of Golden Sands and the attack of Golden Sands. Really play that narrative. Dive into it. I I really feel like seeing how this was overall laid out. I think they had a great concept, but they didn't go far enough this time. Sometimes they go too far. We're going to bring back the hungering deep event and we're going to require you to have two crews and we're going to have a buggy as shit event and it's going to be hard to do. And there's going to be RNG involved and it's going to be a painful for the players and a bad player experience. Okay. They went too far. In this instance, I feel like they didn't go far enough. Still a great adventure. Still a great story. I loved hearing the and reading the parts that Merrick said and talking about the rebuilding of Golden Sands. And I love to hear and 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 really get to kind of feel out a little bit more about the Servant of Flame and find out what was really cool was one of his Reaper people who was in one of the bushes says, father, as if the servant of flame is controlling those Reaper, um, the Reaper PJ messengers that you're walking, that you're rowing around finding. That was very interesting, a very nuanced catch. If you will, I barely caught it. Very interesting, but I don't think they went far enough. I think they had a, I think they had a knock out of the park, home run with this adventure, pick a side, make it a war. And they doubled down and got a base hit. It was, it was probably the best adventure they've had so far. I will say that maybe aside from the first one, first one was a little short, but we got bell and things like that but I I really think they could have had a knockout home run that really pushed the core values of this game and interesting player interactions, a real true war and fight for golden sands still got all the players, their cosmetics and really, really just slam dunk home run end zone to end zone touchdown. Just amazing. And I feel like they doubled down and just got a base hit. It was good. Maybe our best. It just could have been better. They didn't go far enough. I almost feel like Rare, when it comes to things that push PvP, because of the anti-PVP out there and the pro-PVP, the extremes of the player base, I feel like Rare is oftentimes too scared to push too far on the PVP side. They're not scared at all to push too hard on the PVE side. They don't, they don't care because they know the PVP players out there, they know the PVP players out there are going to find themselves some PVP. They know they can push PVE all they want and the PVP players are going to hunt it down. They're going to find you. They are going to do what they do. But pushing PVP, if you're a PVE player, you're someone who doesn't want PVP and rare does something to really push hostile player interaction and PVP, those players, they're not going to get anything out of this game that they want. And if I was at rare, now, given this is coming from a PVP player if I was at rare, I wouldn't be scared. Push it. You're not offending anyone. It's not like you're putting a Fu Manchu in there and uh, offending an entire region of the world. You would never do that. You would never put like a Fu Manchu mustache in the game. No way. That would just be too offensive for a whole group of people. But go push it push it you wanted player interaction with the shrouded ghost adventure and it was a shit experience because of how you did it this was a great experience but you didn't push it far enough you did a good job it was a great story but you didn't push the narrative far enough you pushed the pvp narrative on social media You had the toxic battles between people with name-calling and everything on social media. Oh, people are just being toxic on social media. That's a normal thing. Oh, people just being children on social media, calling each other names. Oh, look at the hate on social media. uh, That's just kids being kids. You pushed it on social media, but you didn't have the balls to push it in the game. You had the perfect setup. You had it perfect. And you double down, and you and you were just okay with a base hit. You should have went the extra mile, requiring tier level five emissaries, grade four emissary, grade yeah grade five. You should have required it. You should have forced players a little bit more on Golden Sands for stealing and protecting, and just a true war, player versus player war. You could have had. Phantoms on on golden sands fighting you know inhabitants and and members of the of the Athena's fortune bar out there fighting like make it feel like a war the phantoms were showing up the phantoms do show up whenever Reapers are in the lead don't know what shows up whenever merrick's in the lead probably baskets of fish that were left at Stephen spoils because he abandoned his post. Just remember that everyone Merrick has currently abandoned his post for well over a month. What, what a month with the two adventures month and a half with both adventures combined. He's abandoned his post at Steven spoils. You cannot sell fish right now at Steven spoils. Cause Merrick's not there. How rude. Why would you ever support that pirate. Why would you ever support him being at Golden Sands when you need to sell fish in the center of the map? Servant of Flame didn't abandon you. You can still sell all your goodies at the center of map to him, but by God, fish? Merrick has abandoned his post. You know what that means. Support the Reapers. Hashtag ruin Golden Sands. The last point I will make on this particular adventure uh, to close up this episode is I mentioned this in the last episode. I wanted to see transparency when it came to reporting the progress of the community in this events. And I just don't see it. You can go to see a thieves.com. You can go to progress on the adventure And you see a really cool, nicely illustrated picture of Merrick facing the Servant of Flame with a crack down the center. And that crack moves left or right, not in real time, based on the actions in game. And if it moves too much um, to the left, it turns red and the Reapers are in the lead. And there's a message that says that. If it moves too much to the right, I assume it turns blue and there's a message that says Merrick's in the lead. There's nothing in game that shows this to my knowledge. I don't know if that same um, picture is also in game. I know the adventure has a picture in game, but I haven't seen that picture change like the one on the website. They have on the back end, and they've used this many times, um, such as the, Global kill skeletons um, when we had that event, (coughs) the Reaper versus uh, the the Reaper versus the world event. (coughs) They have transparent in-game tracking systems that can show players live looks at what they're doing and how their actions are directly impacting the outcome of whatever event is going on. And I think it was a big miss this time that they did not somehow integrate the ability for players to see in real time, what turning in that fruit crate did what turning in that wood crate did what ter- what blowing up that rowboat did on golden sense. They didn't, ha- they don't have a real time tracker in the game with numbers or whatever. That's showing what you're doing is actually impacting anything. All that we have is, is an image on the website that we don't know if it's updating real time. It probably isn't. Or them tweeting every couple days, not tweeting on the weekends, but every couple days, a picture of said picture on the website and telling people what's going on. Now, Rare has in the past told us things, and then they go and do something else. I've called them out on it many times but I'm huge on data integrity. And I don't think that rare is lying to us. I don't necessarily think that rare already only has one outcome to this. They already know what that outcome is going to be. And they're just making us feel like we're doing something about it. I don't think they're doing that, but the way that they're displaying the data doesn't give us a real time snapshot and doesn't tell you in the moment what you did And how it impacted your cause. And to me, that brings a lot of questions up about the integrity of this entire event. They really should have went that extra mile and had something, some sort of calculator, some sort of numeric value. How many wood crates are turned in? Oh, it's at a thousand. I just turned in five. Now it's at a thousand and five. We see the number change. We see the reputation for Merrick change. We can see the numbers change in rebuilding Golden Sands or you blow up a robo and the numbers of rebuilding Golden Sands goes down and the the robo. Whatever the case may be, however, you may want to quantify it in a meaningful metric. They should have had that and they should have had it in the game. So as players are taking part in this event, they can see in real time with something that's not just a stagnant image, how they are doing. They have it in the game. We've used it before. And I think a system like that would really go a much longer way to make players be more engaged in this war and a relook at the design of the war to force players to be in more close quarters and hostile interactions, PVP interactions, IE at golden sands, I think would have really, really made this event just absolutely amazing. And I, they just, they wimped out. They didn't go far enough. Maybe they didn't have any intention to, maybe they didn't have time. I don't know what the case is, but I think they really, they made such a good story and made a overall a solid adventure, but they really could have taken it to the next level with just a few minor tweaks, just a few minor tweaks. I hope you guys are enjoying your adventures. I hope you're having a good time on the seas. I hope you're not too bummed out if your side doesn't win. I'm not sure what they're going to do in a stalemate. Uh, I suggested that Joe Neat and uh, Mike Chapman get locked in a room, and they're given nerf weapons, and uh, and they have to fight it out. That was my suggestion. I I don't think they're going to take that suggestion, but that was my suggestion. But I hope you're having a good time out there on the seas. Um, finish up the adventure. If you haven't done so already, get on your side and do what you can to support burning golden sands or saving it. If that's where you are, you can always hit me up on Twitter, Davram TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram, Davram TV on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitch Davram on Twitch. You can also email the show pirate talk radio podcast at gmail.com, and you can join the Discord server if you would like to chat. Thank you very much, guys, for enjoying another episode of Pirate Talk Radio. I hope you're doing well out there. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll talk to you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.